This is episode number 98 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey everybody, this is Doug Standard with Fearless Presentations and the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you eliminate public speaking fear and really design and deliver much, much, much better presentations. Um, this is episode number ninety-eight, so we are just two episodes away from our from the century mark. And on the one hundredth episode, we're going to be unveiling something I think is that is really revolutionary in helping people become fantastic public speakers. We, we've basically gone back to the drawing board over the last, I don't know, maybe six months or so, uh, really changed the way that we're teaching people public speaking skills online and on our website. And, um, and it's really had a lot to do with a lot some of the things that we've learned while I've been doing the, the podcast over the last couple of years. Um, we're going to start taking some of that, some of those just inspirational concepts, those fantastic concepts that we've been coming across doing the, the research in order to, to make this podcast happen week after week after week. Uh, and and we're, it, we have already started to incorporate that into our classroom sessions, our two-day public speaking classes. But we're we're actually totally I, I really think what we're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks is is revolutionary um, in the past. Uh, I'll just kind of give you a a, um, a taste or an overview of kind of where this is going and what you can expect from us on that on that 100th episode over the, in the past. If you wanted to be a better public speaker, you either learned that through trial and error or you got a public speaking coach or you went to a public speaking class. Um, in modern in the modern era, you know, with YouTube and that kind of thing, we um, now there is there's a whole lot more information at our fingertips. The biggest challenge, though, is there's so many different things out there that are on the web. There's so many different concepts that that are available that if we aren't real careful, we can get overwhelmed. And so what, the reason why the fearless presentations, the two day public speaking class that we teach is so popular is because we've broken public speaking training and, and delivering presentations down into really, really simple, really simple step by step processes that if you do these things, you will get a fantastic result. And that's why, you know, we get, we, we just that's why we get five star reviews that, you know, every time we, we kind of do one of these things. It's just totally different from what everybody else is doing. One of the challenges, though, is that folks will will go through the two day public speaking class. They they get a huge, huge bump in confidence. They start presenting a whole lot more effectively. They start doing things better. And but over time, they will sometimes kind of forget some of the things from the class. And so what we did to fix that years ago was we just allowed people to come back and take the public speaking class a second time for free. And uh, and by the way, we still have that policy. So if you actually register for one of our two day classes, you actually can go through as many classes forever. If you, want. you can go to, to a class every single week for the rest of your life if you want to. I don't think anybody would ever do that. But, you know, you have the ability to do that. Um, what we're doing in in the new genre, the new version of fearless presentations is we're kind of moving away from 
making this a a single two day class though, and making making it more of a a, a yearly process that people go through with certifications and and different things like that. So that's really what what we're kind of working on. And it's it's really cool because what we're doing is we're doing what we've what I talked about a lot in um I don't know, maybe about 15 or so, 20 or so episodes back, we talked about how to combine online training with in-person seminars to get a much better result. We've been doing that for the last six months or so, almost a year now, and we're getting some phenomenal results by combining the online class with our two-day public speaking class. It it takes those concepts, it reinforces those concepts strategically over time so that we, we our customers, our, our, our clients, the people that are coming through our classes are just getting better and better and better at faster than at than any rate I've ever seen in the at, at least in my lifetime since I've, I've been doing this. And so what we've done is we're, we're creating the process behind that. And we're going to be talking about that, like I said, on on um, episode number 100. That's when we're going to unveil this. So we've still got a couple of weeks before you can actually get access to that. But, you know, stay tuned because it's getting really exciting. Um, we do still have our two-day public speaking classes that are coming up. And one of the things that I've mentioned over the last couple of weeks is that if you purchase a seat in one of our two-day public speaking classes before we make that transition in a, in a couple of weeks, you get grandfathered into this. So basically everything that we're going to be doing over the next year or so, you actually get it. You're, you actually get access to, to that. So um, I would highly encourage you, if you have wanted to go to one of our public speaking classes, I highly encourage you to do that in the, you don't have to go in the next couple of weeks, but actually register for uh, for a class in the next couple of weeks because um, we will have to increase the price when we kind of go into the the new um, the new era anyway. So um, we do have classes coming up in Portland, Cincinnati, Miami, Boston, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, uh, San Francisco. The San Francisco class is actually, I believe that one's going to be in San Jose. Um, we've got classes in Denver, Charlotte, Houston, Minneapolis. And then as we get closer to uh, Thanksgiving here in the United States, uh, we do our classes in London and Dublin during Thanksgiving week here in the United States. So um, so basically we, we've got a bunch of classes coming up in the next few months. So if you're interested in attending any of those, go to fearlesspresentations.com and register like in the next two weeks and, and you'll get it for a, a, a better price than what you will two weeks from now. So all right, so let's get on with today's podcast. So one of the things that hit me over the last week, really Monday of last week, was um, how it's real easy to fall into the traps that I kind of warn people about on the the uh, the podcast and my blogs and on our, our YouTube channels and stuff like that. Um, there are a number of different traps that people can fall into with public speaking. And I actually fell into one of those. And I'll kind of tell you the story about that on the on the blog post today. So what we're going to do is do just a quick review, because sometimes I need to hear the reviews as well on some of the things that we've covered. Now, if you go to the show notes, if you basically the title of this session is called Three Simple Ways to Create Better PowerPoint Presentations. And if you just go to fearlesspresentations.com, type that in or type even part of that into the search bar, it'll pull up the show notes for this particular podcast. And what, when you watch or when you look at that, it, it's going to give you links to some of the earlier uh, blog post show notes that we that that I'll be referencing in the in the the cast today anyway. So 
just kind of keep that in mind. But if you deliver presentations at the office, you're you're you'll often be looking for ways to create better PowerPoint presentations. In fact, that's one of the big things that folks are searching for online when they end up finding fearlesspresentations.com is they want to get better at a PowerPoint presentation. So um, if you're a speaker, you know, you, you likely deliver PowerPoint slideshows and, and they can be a, a challenge. And as the speaker, we really want to do something a little different for our audiences. And in addition, your audience really wants you to do something a little different every once in a while too, because if it's just the same thing over and over and over again, it gets really, really boring. So um, what we're going to talk about on the podcast today are just a few simple ways to create better PowerPoint presentations with, with, without a lot of additional effort anyway. And I'm embarrassed to say that just this week, just like six days ago, I delivered a horrible PowerPoint speech in my office. And keep in mind, I've been teaching public speaking skills for over 20 years, and I've been a professional speaker for over 20 years. And and I deliver anywhere from two to four, either classes, workshops, speeches, keynotes, uh, but I'm up in front of a group speaking minimum of two and and typically sometimes around three or four of these a week. So if I can fall into this trap, anybody can. So it's it's one of those things that you'd probably need to get a refresher on. Um, this week, it was just one of those challenging things. We're doing all the changeovers with the fearless presentations classes and uh, uh, other, some other kind of challenges with, with um, the other companies that I run. And so this was kind of almost like what we've called, we've, we've kind of lovingly called last week, the, the week of hell. It was like, there was so much stuff going on that, that was uh, challenging or out of the ordinary and, and things that we don't necessarily have to deal with on a, on a, um, on a consistent basis anyway. Um, so it was just one of those where a bunch of stuff was, was um, kind of thrown at us. And uh, the, but the, and it started out, the week started out, pretty good up until I hit this presentation. When I delivered this presentation, it didn't go as well as what I wanted it to. From that point on, it was like a chain reaction and it was kind of weird, but it happened. So, so you got to prepare for those kind of things. So I spent all last weekend designing an internal presentation for my company. And we've had a bunch of dramatic changes of really important changes that are going on right now. And, and the folks in the office are really excited about these changes. They, they're it's just these the things that we're we're kind of working on right now are, are revolutionary. They're things that that are kind of new and different, and it's kind of making people a little nervous. You know, it's like what what is my place in this new era of the Leaders Institute? And so, knowing this, I spent a lot of time last week in laying out. A, a great many details about these new processes that we're putting in. And, and in fact, you know, I'm kind of ashamed to say I even skipped church last Sunday. I was, I stayed at home and my wife and kids went to, to church uh, just to, just because I wanted to kind of make the presentation perfect. I wanted to make it just right. And, and yes, I do feel a little guilty about that. Um, but Monday, the Monday morning presentation, it started out really good. Just like a lot of my presentations do, you know, they're, I was very energetic. I was given lots of examples. I kept, um, it, I mean, the, the, the presentation was both informative and it was entertaining. So it was, uh, it, I mean, it was, it was one of my better presentations, at least in the beginning. Then I got into my PowerPoint slideshow and I had, so I just didn't want to confuse people. So I just put a bunch of stuff in there and I, I, I was maybe a third of the way through the, the slideshow when I started getting interrupted with questions. And 
So basically what I was doing is I was giving them so much information in so short of a period of time that I was confusing them. I was giving them way too much data. And so when they got confused, they started to get a little agitated. And now I started getting peppered with those difficult questions. And by the way, this is what I warn people about in the fearless presentations classes. If, you know, if you put too much stuff in your too much content in your presentation, sooner or later, you're going to lose somebody. And when that person gets lost, they're going to start asking you questions. You have to clarify. You got to get off your track and your train of thought and, and do that. So it, the funny thing about it was that I was talking to one of my my I, my senior instructor. She's in she's in a different state. She's out of Detroit. And later in that day, and she said, uh, and I said, God, man, things just didn't go as well this morning as what I wanted them to. And she laughed and she said, Doug, here's the thing. You presented the information really well, but you gave them too much data in too short of a period. And so it got confusing. You should have broken that presentation up into a few pieces. And, and I laughed because that's the exact advice that I would have given to one of my class members if they had described what had happened if what I what happened to me, if they had described it happening to them. So basically, in this session, I'm, I'm going to go back to basics and really review some of the important ways to improve a speech. And by the way, if three tips aren't enough, um, make sure to visit our uh, Public Speaking 101 on on fearlesspresentations.com. It's a it's 101 public speaking tips. So if you want tons of data, that's a great place to, to get it. Uh, that's a good place to just kind of go and find one tip. Hey, this is the tip I want to work on this week. And you can kind of do that. So, But I wanted to make it really, really simple. So three ways. Three ways to create a better PowerPoint slideshow or better PowerPoint presentation. So tip number one, very first thing is you want to create a better presentation first, then create a better better PowerPoint slideshow or a better PowerPoint presentation. If, if you're an avid reader of our blog post or, or if you're a podcast listener for, for a while, you'll know that PowerPoint is a visual aid. It's not the actual speech. So a big mistake that people often make is when they create their slideshow first. That's what I did last week. And then trying to figure out what they're going to say about what they put in the, in the what they put in the slideshow. So on the on the weekly webinar that uh, that we do um um, we, we let people know about fearless presentations and, and I, um, uh, when the, the, um, basically what we do is, a we'll do like a marketing webinar. And when I'm kind of describing what fearless presentations is and how it works, I, the, I, I described this problem or this challenge as the Kung Fu movie technique. <laughs> you know, so when I was a kid, my brother and I, we used to watch the old Bruce Lee movies. Um, they were always in black and white. I mean, I, I'm not a, kid that grew up in the black and white era. These were like reruns of movies that were made 20 or 30, 40 years before I was born. But um, it, we, we, we used to laugh at them because they were just so badly done. They were, we'd watch, um, they, 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 they were so funny because the, the, the actors were there, they were saying, I'm, I'm assuming Chinese words, but the words were dubbed in English or the, there was an English um, overlay on the uh, on the, the movie. And so the mouth movement never really matched the sound. And I think presenters who design their their slideshow first, they're creating the same type of error. Uh, you know, when they when when we do this, when, when we start with our PowerPoint slideshow, you later now have to insert the words to fit the slide instead of designing good speech first. And then your presentation will be designed. Uh, number one, if you do that first, it's, your presentation is going to be designed a lot better. And then you insert your visual aids that are going to help you explain the content of your speech better. 
Um, so I, that's that's a that is the number one tip. Um, and we if you um, if you want more additional information about how to design slideshows and stuff like that, all you really have to do is go to fearlesspresentations.com. Just type the word uh, PowerPoint presentation into into uh, the search bar, and there we've got dozens and dozens and dozens of different uh, t- topics or different. Uh, blog posts and videos and stuff like that about how to design your slideshows better. Um, the second thing, the second really big uh, big tip of the three is that you want to insert more stories and examples. Now, the backbone of every presentation is the examples. It's the stories that you tell. That Those are the things that really clarify your points. And this is the major focus, by the way, of our presentation skills classes. So if you come to one of the fearless presentations classes, it's a major focus. Um, and, and it's funny because I'll get folks that will, will that will come into my class from time to time and they'll say something like, well, my audience doesn't like stories, Doug, or they just want the data. And that's totally untrue. <laughs> there's, that's not true of any. There's not a single audience that I've ever come, come in contact with that thinks that is true. Um, and in fact, I'll give you a couple examples. And by the way, f- um, f- for fun ways to kind of add stories into your PowerPoint slideshows, um, there's uh, we I did a podcast a few weeks ago on anecdotal stories for speeches, and we'll link that in the slow note, uh, show notes as well. So let me give you a couple examples, though, of how stories can be can help you be more influential, can help people like you better, will help you better explain your concepts a little bit better. And I'll use presidential debates as the as as the backbone. So the, the in the last presidential election. So this is we're, we're recording this in 2019. So the last presidential election was in 2016. Um, one of the Clinton uh, Trump debates that that occurred, and I, this might have been the second one, might have been the third, but uh, Lester Holt was the um, he was the moderator. And he and one of the things that he did, it was the very first question that was asked of, of to each one of the candidates. But he turned to uh, Mrs. Clinton and, and he said, hey, why why are you the better candidate for jobs? And she hand, answered him with a long list of campaign promises from things from ranging from raising minimum wage to providing debt free college. And and I, I mean, it was just this long list. She didn't really focus on any one of those things. She just gave a laundry list of different things that she wanted to do as president. When Trump answered, though, he answered a little bit differently. And 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 uh, he, he used an example or a story. Really, it was a story about why this concept that that Lester Holt was talking about was so important. He said he basically said, I'll, I'll kind of read it word for word here. It said he said, um, so we're losing our good jobs. So many of them That's, I don't really do a good Trump, but I'll I'll kind of do my best to do it in a Trump <laughs> in a Trump cadence anyway. So he said, when you look at what's happening in Mexico in Mexico, a friend of mine who builds plants said it's the eighth wonder of the world. They're building some of the biggest plants anywhere in the world. Some of the most sophisticated, some of the best plants with the United States, he said, eh, not so much. So Ford is leaving. You see that their small car division leaving thousands of job, jobs, leaving Michigan, leaving Ohio. They're all leaving. We can't allow it to happen here anymore. And so basically what he did was he kind of told in, in his Trump-esque kind of way, he basically just kind of told a story about how um, the uh, two contrasting stories, really, about how manufacturing plants were moving down to Mexico because Mexico made it um, 
effective for these companies to do that. And as a result, there are a lot of these these car companies and manufacturing companies are now moving out of Ohio and Michigan, two of the states that he that Trump ended up winning, uh, into Mexico. And so he his response, because it was a story, it was easier for people to follow than um, trying to to do the shotgun approach, which is what what Clinton did. Um, and just to just to be fair and balanced, so we'll, we'll go back to the previous election because here's a similar example from from the uh, from uh, the Romney um, uh, Obama election, and Bob Schieffer was the moderator there, and 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 this was the this was the last one, and and up until the last debate, Romney was still doing pretty well, but. It, for those of you who are kind of paying attention, Romney just totally imploded <laughs> third on that third debate. He he did fairly well, but he I don't it was he was in that third one he totally blew up. And um, so in the, uh, the so Schieffer in that one the very first question that Schieffer asked the the two candidates in that one was about Middle Eastern terrorism. And Romney started out with this mini story. He actually started off pretty well about uh, a mini story about the Arab Spring. But just like Clinton did, he got long-winded. And in the next, you know, three or four sentences, he he talked about Syria, he talked about Libya, he talked about Mali, he talked about Egypt, and he didn't tell he didn't tell it in a story format any of it. He didn't tell anything about any of those situations. He just kind of name dropped those those countries or those places. Uh, thinking that the people in the audience would have the the background to understand exactly what he was talking about here, and to be honest, even today, I think I've, I'm fairly politically. I mean, I, I kind of I, I I think I keep up with with current events and stuff like that. But even to this day, I have no idea where Molly is. <laughs> I don't even know where that is or why I would even care about it. So he didn't really do a, a very good job of explaining that. But and so. And, and what was interesting was that um, the last thing that he said about the about the, um, the the Middle East was he congratulated Obama for taking out. I think this is his exact words, taking out Osama bin Laden. So it was just an odd answer. It was one. It was just weird when folks kind of listen to that. They go, what in the world is he talking about and why? Obama answered that question differently, though. He did a much, much, much better job. He said and, and he painted the picture about what was going on in some of these situations. He said, when we received that phone call and he was talking about the Benghazi phone call, that was the, this is where, um, this was, this was huge um, at the, in this election. It was one of the the things that Romney had brought up on in previous debates and, um, and had really kind of um, pummeled uh, Obama about the way that his administration handled the uh, the Benghazi situation where the embassy got uh, got run through, run over anyway so um, but when when Obama um, was in this debate he needs to answer this really interestingly or really, really well anyway he said when we received that phone call I immediately made sure that number one that we did everything we could to secure those Americans. They, that that we that and that we would go after those who killed Americans and that we would bring them to justice and that exactly that is exactly what we're going to do. Um, but I think it's important to step back and think about what happened in Libya. So keep in mind that I and Americans took leadership in organizing an international coalition that made sure that we were able to, without putting troops on the ground at the at the cost of of um, and, and at a cost of less than what we spent for two weeks in Iraq, liberate a country that had been under the yoke of dictatorship for 40 years. 
We got rid of a despot who had killed Americans. And as a consequence, despite this tragedy, you had tens of thousands of Libyas after the incidents in Benghazi marching and saying, America is our friend. We stand with them. I mean, it's one of those that you can tell. I mean, that he um, he kind of understood what the emotional impact that a story has. And so he really painted the picture of the story behind some of those things that Romney just kind of mentioned at a glance. And so two two different politicians from two different sides of the aisles use the same technique to try to kind of <laughs> really in in. in short term anyway, uh, just pummel their their opponent during a debate. So stories are your friends. Stories are a way to take technical content and make it to where folks can relate to it. You're going to you're helping your audiences create an image in their head of those concepts that you're trying to get across to them. So so just keep that in mind. So your your um, stories that you put in, that's the, the second thing that you can do to make your PowerPoint slideshows go a whole lot better. For each one of those bullet points that you put in, I would encourage you to find at least one example, at least story, well, at least one story to um, to explain it. Um, a, a third thing that you can do, and this is a really easy thing to do, is to give your audience a nice presentation handout. There's a ton of resources out there most of them are free uh, resources like canva um I, uh, the i know here at the office we use adobe spark uh, which is i'm not sure if that's free or not it's probably a fee but it's a fairly small fee um, but they're they're online pieces of software that will help you create really stunning handouts and marketing pieces and stuff like that so if you can take the concepts that are in your your um, PowerPoint slideshow and create a handout for your audience, it makes it much more engaging for them. It makes it easier for them to follow along with the concepts you're trying to get across to them. So an, an easy way, by the way. So um, a, a, a well-designed presentation handout, it, it just helps so much. And, and in fact, I use this a, my lot. I use, I use this my lot. I use this a lot myself. When I'm uh, when I'm delivering breakout sessions, especially, or if I'm doing a workshop, uh, the reason why is because most of the time, if I'm doing a convention breakout session, most people are kind of coming in and all they really have is a pen, and they're, you know they're not really into taking notes, but they want lots of content. So if I give can give them a handout with space spaces on there where they can where they can write their notes, they're much more likely to keep it than if they uh, write everything in a notebook and then it, everything that's that's that I'm telling them gets crammed up with everything else. So um, in in today's world, most people think of a speech as a person standing up and clicking bullet points and talking about their slides. And, and if, if you get away from that, even just a little bit, you, you'll kind of, you set yourself apart. It's something that the audiences really appreciate. So not only is it more interesting if you do this, but your audience will actually retain more of the content as well. Um, I, I'll give you an example. It's a few months ago. I delivered a breakout session at a at a dental dental convention, uh, and the topic was about how how to use presentations to gain customers. And although I created a great PowerPoint slideshow, and also created a, I also uh, created a, a really good handout for them. And in fact, I used the handout way more in that presentation than I used the slideshow. I, and I gave them space on the handout where they could kind of take notes and and they can write down concepts that I was talking about since they were already on the, on the, on the, the uh, handout, they could interpret the concepts that I was get, trying to get across to them in a way 
that reflected their specific company, their specific business, their specific practice. And so they could really customize the content on the fly as I was delivering it. And I'll wager that many of the people that actually put took notes on that handout probably kept those handouts, at least for a short period of time. Um, because not only did the handouts have my, you know, <laughs> really gems of wisdom, it, it had their interpretations of that content. It was, they were actually having, it had their notes there. Um, and so we, I did a, a podcast on this uh, last year. And, and in fact, we did about four or five different, it was a series of different podcasts on how to design these presentation handouts. And uh, I'll leave a, um, a, a space in the show notes that will give you a, that will give you the link to that. So go to fearlesspresentations.com, type in the name of the, the title anyway, of this podcast, and you'll be able to get those notes. So anyway, so those are three things that you can do to your PowerPoint slideshow slideshows to make them just much more effective, make it much easier for your audience to, to, um, retain the content a little bit better and to make it easier for you to deliver and make it more fun and more interesting. So you get, you know, more of those kind of five-star reviews of your presentations. Um, and just so you know, before we kind of end here, the absolute best way to create better PowerPoint slideshows is, um, is, uh, is to get really good at delivering presentations first. And, and the, and one of the best ways to do that is to become a member of fearless presentation. So we, one of the things that, um, this new, uh, this new rollout that we're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks is, is going to have is that a lot of the stuff that we are now offering for free to the general public, um, the, like, for instance, our mini courses and stuff like that, we're going to start making fearless presentations into more of a membership website and it'll just make it easier for folks when they come on to to go through the concepts in a step-by-step process versus you know a lot of times what people do is they go through the process in a piecemeal fashion they have a specific thing that they're looking for they come and they read a blog post on that or they watch a video but they don't get the the con the context with that and so what we're doing is we're turning the fearless presentations website into a membership site so that you can go through the concepts that are on the the um, the website in a, a little bit more structured way so that you can go step by step. And so you can become a member. It's free. You just go to fearlesspresentations.com, uh, hit the login button at the top and create a, a free membership for yourself. If you have purchased something from Fearless Presentations in the past, you already have a membership. So just kind of log in. And if you don't have your password, just put uh, that you want to create a new password and it'll let you do that. So yeah, I would encourage you to do that. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure and do that. Um, if you have any ideas or concepts that you want me to cover on a future Fearless Presentations podcast, make, go, make sure to go to Fearless Presentations, um, shoot us an email on uh, through the through the website, or leave a comment on on the blog post, and it'll and we, I read every one of those, so um, it really helps uh, helps us come up with contents if you kind of do that. So anyway, we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.